The People's Constitution, the path to empowerment of Australians in a 21st century democracy by Bronwyn Kelly. Read by Bronwyn Kelly. Chapter 2, Part 3, Our Democracy Now, Australia's Capacity for Independent Sovereignty. Australia is no less or more a representative government than America, and as such is no less or more a democracy than America. Neither nation is the liberal democracy it boasts of being, and both are entirely vulnerable as stable and peaceful democracies whenever their respective systems of representative government are undermined, or, to put that more accurately, whenever their respective representative systems do not work well enough to hold the nation together. As I write this in July 2022, that is a breakdown that is playing out in plain sight in America, where a new intense friction has grown up between representative government and democracy. As though these two terms that we frequently use to characterise Western liberal forms of governance are no longer interchangeable. Since the spectacular assault on the US Capitol on 6 January 2021 and the subsequent stubborn refusal of many millions of Americans to accept the election result as a valid basis for the peaceful handover of democratic governance, it is clear that a large part of American society no longer assumes that free election of representatives is a system to be relied on as the basis of formation of a democratic government. This should function as a warning to other democracies that unless they establish something more than a system of representative government, they will not be able to build confidence in democracy as the best means of achieving stable governance that is capable of promoting the well-being and security of all. As I said in Chapter 1, elections do not a democracy make, and it is the same with representative government. Something more must be added to it to make sure that, as a representative system, it translates into responsible, responsive and indeed accountable government. Until that extra capacity is added, any form of Western democracy is likely to be too stunted to be serviceable for purposes of delivering well-being and too prone to exposing nations to risk in defence and security. In Australia's case, the warning about America's now rather stunted form of democracy should be amplified because for defence and security purposes we have chosen to ally our state to America's. This made sense after World War II, but in the 21st century it simply means we have allied our state to what has turned out to be a very unstable democracy and possibly one that is on the brink of failure as a nation capable of demonstrating decent world leadership for those who desire freedom. America's democracy comes in an extremely limited form where elites and sectional interests have achieved exclusive control by gaming the system of representative government. It is this form of democracy that America asserts is the only form of governance worth having, regardless of whether it suits the cultural preferences of other sovereign nations. In the Biden era, this sort of hyperbole has come to dominate American national security strategies in statements which assert that American democracy is, quote, the only way to ensure that people are truly able to live lives of dignity and freedom, unquote. 
By and large, Australians have bought into this idea of democratic America, and by and large, we have been comfortable with America taking the role of international leader for democratic free nations. But there is ample evidence that America's democracy has not assured many millions of its people a life of dignity and freedom. That has not stopped successive American administrations in a slavish subscription to this idea of American exceptionalism from carrying on what amounts to a messianic crusade to export their preferred form of governance to all other nations, imposing it on them whether they like it or not. Nor has it stopped America from violating the sovereignty of dozens of other nations since World War II by political and military interference. In this overreach, America has been dragging Australia into dependency on an ally that is itself unstable. This makes it all the more important for Australia to design its democracy so that it is less vulnerable to the sort of weaknesses affecting Americas and more reliable for purposes of maintaining our sovereignty as an independent nation, one less easily dragged into another's wars. This will require Australia to build a new model of democracy, one which is not reduced to mere electioneering for selection of representatives, but which, in addition to and before election processes, allows the people to speak for themselves. This new model of democracy should insert an extra step into our current processes for electing representatives. Before we elect them, we must first work together to set down in writing a description of the preferred character and values of our nation and scope the policy agenda that will be necessary for realisation of that preferred national character. In short, we the people of Australia should learn to provide instructions to those we elect about the nation we are trying to build and that they are being elected to deliver by ethical application of the powers we vest in them in elections. In this new arrangement, democracy should come to be recognised not as an end in itself, but as a means to a quite different end of national security and well-being for all. Clearly, America's withered form of democracy is not delivering well-being and security, and as such, we would be well advised not to model our governance system on theirs. Fortunately, Australia's democracy can be rescued, as long as we don't yoke it to a value system which is not our own. That would imperil Australia as an independent sovereign nation, as I will explain. Australians might assume they share common values of freedom and liberal democracy with America, and on that basis we may have assumed that American democracy is safely consonant with our values and that it is therefore safe to align ourselves with the US for purposes of defence. Indeed, in the 2010 to 2020 decade, Australia began not so much to align itself as to shackle itself to the US corporate state defence establishment. We have been skating towards surrendering sovereignty in military operations and war powers and closing off the option of remaining neutral in confrontations between superpowers. No doubt, this is in response to our having perceived an incessant pattern since World War II of ruthless intrusion by America into the sovereignty of other nations, and a fear by the major Australian political parties, Labor and Liberal National, that should the US choose to effect regime change in Australia, 
they will. As Brian Tui has reported, US foreign intervention is a matter of congressional record. Quote, the New York Times magazine reported on 13 September 1976 that congressional investigations had shown that the CIA, in some 900 foreign interventions over the past two decades, has run secret wars around the globe and has clandestinely dominated foreign governments so thoroughly as to make them virtual client states. Unquote. Nevertheless, Australia's mainstream political leaders have continued to deepen their connections with what former Prime Minister Malcolm Fraser called this dangerous ally. They are, as Brian Tui says, undeterred by the fact that the US has been involved in an astonishing number of wars and has repeatedly overthrown governments in defiance of international norms laid down at the founding of the United Nations, unquote. America's unconscionable behaviour has had almost the full measure of its intended intimidating effect on Australia's governments. At the time of writing, 2022, it was arguable that we were approaching a point where we may be fully locked into a defence arrangement with America that will make it impossible for us not to follow them into wars which are in no way in Australia's interest and which in fact expose Australia as a target for conventional or nuclear attack. The arrangements that were being made under AUKUS, the security pact with the UK and America announced in 2021, may, if they are fully executed, even go so far as to lock Australia into paying for a significant part of the American defence establishment and its aggression programs, while simultaneously leaving us with no capability to manage our own defence. Nevertheless, in 2022, at least, the ink was not dry on AUKUS. It was still possible to abandon AUKUS and even the ANZUS Treaty, since the former did not yet irretrievably bind us, and the latter never bound us to follow America into its wars anyway. We could still claim the full measure of sovereignty, at least as far as it pertains to decisions on defence and war. But the opportunity for genuine independence in both defence and sovereignty was fast closing. There is never a good time for a nation to sacrifice its sovereignty. But in the early 2020s, Australia was doing exactly that at the worst possible time, at a time when the friction between representative government and democracy in America was itself skating dangerously close to civil war proportions and dangerously away from the only feature of democracy that their republic might have sought to retain, namely the peaceful transfer of power after an election without the need for involvement of or takeover by the military. The friction, indeed the severance of the connection in America's republic between representative government and democracy, was on view for all to see in the House Committee investigating the 6 January 2021 attack on the Capitol. When Congresswoman Liz Cheney asked former National Security Advisor to President Trump, General Michael Flynn, do you believe in the peaceful transition of power in the United States of America? The General pleaded the Fifth Amendment, exercising his right under the Constitution not to answer. Such a refusal by a high-ranking, powerful member of the military 
retired but still active, to answer whether he might support a fundamental tenet of both representative government and democracy, be it in a republican or other constitutional mode, surely sounds an alarm that America's political, civil and military arrangements had reached a deep crisis. Australia in the decade to 2022 was therefore yoking itself to a state whose representative democracy was coming apart. Of course, we could have always foreseen that it might come apart. Structured as it was, a monarchy without a monarch, parts of America's form of democracy made it fragile from the beginning. Like any modern state in the Hobbesian vein, it was designed to fend off civil war, the war of all against all. But barely a few decades had elapsed before it was plunged into the most catastrophic civil war of modern times. As I have said, the sacrifice of its chance of democracy for the sake of security in defence made sense in 1787, but Americans were not compensated for their sacrifice. They ended up with neither a democracy nor security. One major cause of the degeneration into America's war of all against all is that the American Constitution provided no place for all, no place for slaves, indigenous peoples, women or migrants. It was exclusionist. Many of these limitations were eventually overcome and a trend towards inclusion did emerge, albeit very slowly and haltingly. But if in the 21st century the United States is sliding once again towards internal civil unrest of possible war proportions, it is evident that the Republic is no longer structured well enough to deliver peace and stability. As such, it would be remiss of Australians not to establish a defence capacity that is fully independent of America. It is therefore now time to imagine how we might exercise our independence and sovereignty more fully in matters of defence. But this can only happen if we find a way of organising an orderly public square and establishing that space so that democracy can function in Australia to overcome the obvious failures on display in other democracies today, most worryingly, perhaps in American representative government and in its incapacity now to function as a government of we the people rather than as a militarised autocracy. There is no other place where that public square might be organised than on the internet. In 2022 in Canberra, the public square in which our voices may seek an audience has been almost totally confined to the four walls of Parliament. It is not an open square at all, especially when only corporate lobbyists have Parliament house passes and when there is no constitutional basis for making the government responsible to the people. The internet is the only space big enough, open enough and connected enough to facilitate a full, genuine democracy on a national scale. Now that the internet exists, there is nothing, yet, stopping Australians from organising a space on it to develop and express their coherent will. What they can't yet do is impress that will, whatever it may be, on their parliaments. They can't assert their will as the highest authority. They cannot articulate the guiding intention of the nation. That requires not just a new public square, but a new constitution. The Australian People's 
constitution. If Australians wish to build their nation so that it becomes a truly independent sovereignty, one that can withstand the worst of the various pressures that might be, and are routinely, placed on them by more powerful nations, then a constitution that gives governments the means and the confidence to fend off modern attacks on our sovereignty is essential. Australians, and indeed modern states, are not accustomed to assuming that constitutions can be effective in that regard, even though their purpose is to do nothing more and nothing less than confirm sovereignty. But that is only because of the way modern nations assume constitutions can be and should be designed. Australia's current constitution, so designed, gives the people no power to fend off external pressures. But a people's constitution, structured properly, can significantly increase the chances of retaining the sovereignty that actually will suit the Australian public interest in the 21st century, the sovereignty we freely choose to confer on ourselves rather than the sovereignty a foreign power may tolerate in its own preferred interests. In the remainder of this book, I will expand on how this capacity can be established in a well-designed people's constitution and how that type of constitution can enable an orderly and productive functioning of the new type of open public square I have suggested, a space where the people of Australia can assemble themselves to use orderly democratic processes to express their sovereign will.